You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Single Fathers Today. This podcast is geared towards single dads that have custody of their kids, uh, just getting receiving custody of their kids, uh, going through a divorce process, and trying to figure out um, which direction do you go to uh, be a better father for your kids and to help your kids further along in life. This is your host, Mark Hill, speaking. And if you have any questions or comments related to the show, please send me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com or check out the Twitter feed at singlefatherstoday. So, uh, took a little break, and uh, so it's been been a little while. Um, and coming into the studio today, I was trying to figure out uh, what topic to come up with. I really couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. I had something I was working on, but it hasn't, uh, uh, it's not ready yet. So, was talking to my engineer and I was telling him some little things that uh, uh, that's been happening with my daughters lately and uh, just some old le- old lessons that I've tried to t- teach them. And I think it's probably fitting for this, uh, for the show today. And the title, uh, which I will credit my engineer for, is Father Knows Best or Daddy Knows Best. Good title. <laughs> Good title. So, um, and this is geared more towards, I think, uh, it's definitely in line with the teenagers. So, uh, if you have, if you're listening, you have your teen nearby, you might want to bring them in the room or they may just, uh, throw their headphones on and walk away, especially when you're dealing with the millennials. Um, so I'm going to use an example and it was a car. I'll start with that. And what I want you guys, want you guys to understand is that the kids will listen, even though you may have to repeat it several times or maybe have to hit them over the head with a stick, not literally. Um, so I was having a conversation with one of my kids and uh, about her car not working. And it kind of brought me back to the first car I bought for one of my daughters and the first thing I told her was don't take your car and rip and run all over the place. Um, in other words, don't take this, this newfound freedom and this brand new asset that you have and just go willy nilly all over the place. Cause you have something new, all your friends are coming around there. They may help you with the fuel. They may not or whatever, but then when the car gets all these miles, especially with an older used car, and they need money to get the car up and running, your friends disappear. So uh, I will give three examples because I have three daughters. The first daughter had the car, and she's running around, running around. There was problems with the car, and I know when she got the car, the car was running fine. And as she kept running to the ground, running to the ground, and started having problems. I paid to get it fixed. 
and I told her you need to take care of this car. And I made sure her siblings was around listening to say that, you know what, you need to, you know, protect your your asset, your car. So it was pretty much taken with a grain, you know, just grain of salt or just half listened. And she went out and did her thing. I fixed it up once. She drove it into the ground again, fixed it up a second time, drove it to the ground again. This time I said, you know what? You're on your own. You had to pay to get it fixed. So she paid to get it fixed and it ended up, she was having more problems with it. And the boy that she was dating at the time was, they were sharing, driving the car or whatever, whatever they were doing. And it was automatic transmission and for some reason, the transmission ended up going bad. And instead of them getting the transmission fixed or the transmission flush or whatever things I was telling them to do, they basically started driving an automatic as a manual. So because it wasn't shifting gears. So what they did, they it wouldn't start right. So they would put it in first gear, run the RPM up, pop it in the second, pop it in the third, and then just continue on with that. So that worked for a while, and I kept telling him, get it to the shop. Didn't want to listen. Kept going back and forth to work till finally the car just died. And she ended up breaking up with the boy, but was still letting him drive the car, the car I bought her. And it finally got to the point where she was in college at a different school and just was sitting out there in, you know, with the apartment, was just sitting in a parking lot. It just wasn't doing anything. Now, mind you, it was the car I bought her. The title was still in my name, and it's just sitting out there. So eventually, I ended up, um, I said, you know what? You don't deserve the car. You're done. So she was like, well, it was a piece of junk when, when you got it. And I was like, no, it wasn't because everything was checked out. It, I bought it from a dealership, 100 points, and I put the guy through the ringer, made sure it was running fine. So I ended up getting it moved up to where I was at, took it over to my best, my buddy's shop that I've known for over 20 years, had him fix it. His first comment was, it was a Honda. And he says, Mark, he says, I've never seen somebody kill a Honda transmission. He says, it just doesn't happen. What were they doing? I says, I don't know, get it fixed, because I was going to get the car fixed and was going to give that to the second daughter. So I was going to let her have that one. So... He started working on it. He lifted it up, looked underneath. He said, what did they do to the exhaust system? I says, what do you mean? He said, the exhaust system has to be completely replaced. Well, where she was at, there's a bunch of mountains and, you know, like uh, little hills and stuff. Mm, excuse me. So basically what they were probably doing was playing Dukes of Hazard, going over a railroad track and bottomed the car out. Uh, suspension, everything else. So I, I sunk a whole bunch of money into this car. I got it up and running. And of course first daughter she wants the car back no i told her i said you know what if you um if you pay half the cost to get this car up and running you can you can take it well i don't have any money okay so basically you want me to sink money into this car so first thing gets passed down goes to the second child she's driving it she's fine she's happy with it eventually i got another car that she could drive and then the first Honda or the white one I had, that one got passed down to the youngest one. Oldest one's going off to college. She has her car for college. Youngest one's driving around in this white car. And I told her, she was telling me, dad, I'm having some problems with the car. And I says, okay, we'll go take it to my buddy's shop. 
have him go take a look at it and see what the problem is. Of course, she's doing senior walk day, doesn't want to listen, and she gets into an accident. Totals the car. Now, she's upset. She's fine. But what she wanted to do was, well, I got to go through senior walkthrough, so I'm just going to leave. You can't leave if the police aren't there. Again, another story of trying to explain stuff to kids and they don't want to listen. So police finally shows up. She ends up leaving. And, of course, she's still upset about it. And I'm giving a speech. I told you what to do. I had everything lined up. You didn't do You didn't listen to me. So kid number two. Third one. Now, mind you, third one, I bought her a car. So it was much newer car than the one she was driving before because I went to the youngest one. The youngest one totaled her car. And now my you know situation is she's having problems with this car. Now, she did. She kind of sort of listened to me a little bit. But at first, it was that same scenario that I alluded to at the beginning of the show of kids not listening because, hey, I got a new car, new asset. And I just want to go rip and run all over the place. And you're trying to tell them you need to do your maintenance. You need to do this. You need to do that. And they're not listening. So now she's having problems with the car. And I do, you know, I want to be able to support her to the best that I can. But it's like you shouldn't have been driving it all over the place. Um, I'm sure she's probably going to hate that part. But it's one of those things that as dads we can talk and talk and talk and they won't listen till something major comes up and then when there's a major issue comes up the first thing they're going to say is I should have listened to you by then it's too late so I gave these long drawn out stories and you may be thinking okay so what are you getting at with this the point that I'm getting at is in our role that we have with our kids, you may get to that point where you're going to be just frustrated. You're just going to want to say the hell with it. I don't want to deal with it because believe me, there was plenty of times where I would talk to them and they wouldn't listen to me. They want to do their own thing. So I just said, screw it. I'm out. Tear it up. I don't care. But then I always found myself coming back saying, okay, what can I do to help them out? What can I do to get them to a better point? And, you know, you want to love and nurture your kids and give them the things they want, but you also got to be able to be in that point to say they have to be able to to either sink or swim. And it's a tough thing for us to do, but if we don't do it, it's going to cause greater problems later in life for them. Not so much for you because, hey, you know, you got your stuff together, but it can come back to you in a certain way where they they can just drain you out of your assets. And in your case, it's your money. And one day you may not be there. And then what, they, what are they going to do? Well, dad handled everything for me. What do I do now? I don't know what to do. So you got to be able to let them kind of let them stand on their own. And as much as I want to be able to help out, I've given him some advice um, in, you know, in the car situation. I'll use that as an example again. I've given them some advice as far as what they need to do. But at the end of the day, they have to do this for themselves. So we can be that guiding hand. 
But I think being a good dad, we can't do it for them all the time. Um, because like, like I said, it's, um, it can have a bunch of negative effects coming back and we don't want that for them. Um, we, we, we really don't. So, uh, you may have gone through some of this stuff. You might've experienced some of this stuff as, you know, uh, been in that side of, okay, I'm just going to help them. And if you're in a situation where you have the resources available and you say, you know what, I'm just going to do it because I'm tired of hearing them talk about it. Just here, take it. That can be a bad thing too, because what they can do is use that against you. So they, they realize, Hey, if I do the crying and the snot bubbling treatment, then dad will eventually give up. How do I know? Because I've done it. And if you look at, I'm not my old, my old statement. I'm not crapping on millennials because I have three of them. But if you look at some of these millennials out there nowadays, um, I can look at some of them and just be like, yeah, I could tell the type of parenting that you guys had in your home where you just cried and snot bubble. And they just gave you the world just to shut you the hell up. Um, I talked with one of my friends, um, actually on the way into the studio and I was telling him the story about the cars and he was like, yeah, back in our day, you know, your parents said, do this, you don't do it. Mom or dad just walked off and said, figure it out on your own. And then when you had that epiphany and said, well, I need to go talk to mom or dad. And they'd be like, I ain't got nothing to say. I told you what you needed to do. Well, what did you say before? I don't know. Figure it out. And then they had to go back and think about it and figure it out. And I think as we progress, and the roles of dads, especially single dads, we have to play mommy and daddy. So where do we find that bridge between wanting to help the kids and then wanting them to be able to stand up on their own? And it's a tough call. I can't tell you which way to go or suggest which way to go. You have to look at the situation and find out what best fits your needs, what best suits your needs. It's not a, a cookie cutter um, decision. Uh, you say, you know, this, 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 this. So, um, as I think about this, it's something that can be applied not only to the teens I mentioned with the car. That could be anything in life. It can be dealing with uh, with your kids with what school you want to go to. You know, for the next phase of their life, they want to go to college. It could be dealing with relationships. It could be dealing with athletics. It can be dealing with a whole wide array of ideas. You know, I can think of another situation with colleges. And I said, you need to apply to as many colleges as you can. I don't want to listen to that, dad. And then they find out, well, I didn't get into any of my schools or the schools I wanted to go into. And it's like, well, you should have opened that up. Listen to your dad. Because again, as I've told my kids, I've been your age. You've never been mine. I have the life experiences, you know, the hard knocks to know what's right and what's wrong. I'm not saying I'm hundred percent right. But I do know some things and you need to listen and they may not listen. And if they don't, then we have to let them fall and let them, you know, not let them fall all the way to the ground, but let them fall to the point to where they have to start picking themselves up. And then we can be there to kind of help support them and pick them up and then carry them on. So uh, just another idea, as I said, you know, um, a topic to think about and, as we as we go forward, you're going to see a whole bunch of different examples um, 
of these and you really need to let them you have to start to let them spread their own wings and figure out what it is that they want to do and um because if you sit there and you coddle them the whole time it's just going to make things worse so as whew, i'm out of information told you guys this was something that i uh, just i gotta give uh my engineer credit for this one so we kind of can't with this one at the last minute but as we're coming to wrap this show up um i don't have a recipe for you guys actually i had one but the way that i'm feeling today right now um okay sidebar uh yeah if you've never been to a sushi restaurant ever um don't go <laughs> or at least I can't say that. <laughs> or okay, I can't say that. I will just say start off with the take your baby steps. <laughs> so I went out and I tried some stuff that I should have been more reserved on and listened to my first thought and now I'm paying the price for it. So What was it exactly? It was oh my god, it was I know I had the California with the shrimp in it and there was something else um it was some type of fish i don't even remember what type of fish it was and all i remember i looked at it and i said this looks it looks like the cat like the like a catfish before i cook it up and everything just that real raw stuff to it it didn't smell right to me but everyone's saying oh this is great this is great and it was wrapped up and Oh, put some wasabi and some sauce, soy sauce on it. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Didn't really taste that great going down, but everyone says, well, it's your first time trying sushi, so you'll be okay. And I had a couple more, had a couple beers, a couple more. Not good. Woke up this morning, I'm like, holy crap, what the <laughs> heck happened? And you know, I'm feeling bad not from the beer. I'm feeling bad from the food. So that's like almost the worst, you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can I know. Deal with a hangover, but a I food can deal thing, right. I could deal poisoning. That's not fun. Yeah, I could deal with the hangover, but you know the the food poisoning when you're sitting there and you're sick and you have nothing coming up. Yeah, that's not uh not really a good uh good feeling. So. I think my sushi days at restaurants are over. I will go back to the California rolls with the shrimp that's in it um, that's cooked or somewhat cooked that I can look at it and I can tell and easily recognize. Um, someone had some oysters, um, half shell. I don't know what it was. I look at that and I'm like, yeah, that ain't happening. No, nah, I'm not doing oysters. No. Uh-uh. So just one of those uh one of those days. So, uh, so as we go to wrap this show up, I just want to let you guys know again that, uh, you know, kind of stay with the kids and, you know, try to guide them. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about being, you know, being the best person you can and to guide them because especially if they're teens, they're going to be at that point where they need to know exactly where to go and they may not listen to you or in my case with my kids, they didn't. Uh, but eventually they'll come out of it. So you just got to kind of keep that hand with them. And sometimes you just got to play that role. And say, you know what, you guys figure it out. And once you do that, they may have that moment where they say, you know what, something ain't right. Let me figure this out on my own. 
So as we come to wrap with this show, this is Single Fathers Today. I'm your host, Mark Hill. Have any questions or comments or topics uh, you'd like me to discuss, just shoot me, shoot me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com or check out the Twitter feed at singlefatherstoday and want you to guys to hang in there and keep fighting. Mm-hmm.